0: From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. Democratic moderates in the Problem Solvers Caucus have reached an agreement to support Nancy Pelosi in her bid for Speaker when the House votes next month. The nine lawmakers won three concessions they believe will break the gridlock in the Capitol. Pelosi, if she wins the Speakership, will bring to the floor any bills that at least 290 of the House's 435 members have co-sponsored. She will give preference to floor amendments that 20 members of each party have backed, and will require committee chairmen to bring up for votes bills that a majority of committee members have endorsed. My guest today is Representative Josh Gottheimer, a freshman Democrat from New Jersey who is co-chairman of the Problem Solvers Caucus. Welcome Congressman. Hey, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, Congressman, how did you get Congresswoman Pelosi to agree to make these changes?
1: Well, there's a uh, group of us you know, starting six or seven months ago, group members of Congress, who after if you remember when we were trying to get bipartisan immigration reform done uh, that would you know uh, give a path to dreamers and also keep our borders safe and secure, we couldn't get legislation to the floor, even though we knew that if we could, we'd actually pass legislation. We'd have uh, 218 or more members of Congress willing to actually back uh, reform. So many of us were incredibly frustrated and so are the problem solvers caucus that worked a lot on trying to get uh, immigration reform done and and um, uh, get a path forward. We got together and said, what's absurd is that splinters of obstructionists on the floor, uh, in this case, the Freedom Caucus, time and again, is able to actually uh, uh, block the will of the majority. And even though people wanted action, we couldn't even get a debate or a vote on legislation, of course, on, not just on immigration reform, but it was on health care, uh, fixing to stabilize the individual marketplace and get premiums down. We had the same problem with infrastructure, where we knew we could get legislation through if we could get it to the floor for a debate and a vote. And yet, time and again, splinter, obstructionists prevented the will of the majority. So uh, we started working on reforms, that uh, we called break the gridlock, a whole series of uh, reforms. We met with ex parliamentarians and other experts and former members and current members and said, what, what are the kind of changes that we could make to make sure that when there's broad support for legislation, you can get it to the floor just for debate and to vote. So, the American people of the world of people actually could be heard and debated uh, on issues. So, um, that's when we put up this list and we started meeting. Uh, we voted as a caucus. And, you know, our caucus is half Democrat, half Republican. And this Congress, there were 48 of us, 24 Democrats and 24 Republicans. We had to get to 75% of us agreeing in order to get behind a piece of legislation or a policy change like this package of break the gridlock reforms. We did. And then we went to the leadership on both sides and said, would you get behind this? And then we started meeting um, with um, the Rules Committee on our side and Tom Reed, who's the Republican co-chair. I'm the Democratic co-chair of the Problem Solvers Caucus. He started meeting with his leadership, with Scalise and others, and uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy and others. And we, and, and I started doing the same thing on my side, and including bringing to the attention of Leader Pelosi.
0: Your group was threatening to withhold your votes for, for uh, Nancy Pelosi as she seeks to become a speaker. How hard a sell was it to her?
1: So actually, what we said was we never made this about any individual speaker. What we said for months now in this past summer, we all got together and said, we're only going to support a speaker who's willing to break the gridlock and do things differently and adopt a package of reforms like ours or similar to it. And, um, and that's what we started meeting, and we were able to get there. And, and uh, we, you know, all, we always made it clear to our constituents back home that that was an idea throughout my campaign. And said listen this is what we need to get things done again we've got to get we got to get premiums down we've got to help get immigration reform done we've got to get infrastructure like the gateway project done and this is the, one of the best tools we need so in there's the broad majorities to be able to get legislation before and stop obstructionism
0: yeah. lawmaking has become a lot more centralized in party leadership in recent years do you expect these changes to bring control back to the rank and file and to the committees where legislation historically has originated
1: well, I think that's critically important, right? I think putting power back into the members and who's, who's elected and, you know, by by people, you know, not right. It's it's uh, we've got 435 members of Congress, and we all represent different districts. And I think it's really important that committees are able to operate with regular order. And and you know, one of the changes we propose, which um, Leader Pelosi and Ranking Member McGovern, uh, who's the Rules Committee Ranking Member, supported, is, is you know, we get to 20 Democrats and
0: 20 Republicans behind a piece of, behind an amendment
1: you should be able to get—you should get um, basically fast-tracked to the front of the line. Which is a big deal Um, on
0: appropriations bills, where there's a lot of amendments that are considered, and those are must-pass pieces of legislation.
1: That's why the bipartisan piece of it's really important, right? That's why you should just get it.
0: And and all we've said is it should just get heard.
1: And, you know, when you tell people back home, hey, when you get 290 members of Congress— to get behind, to, to support something and co-sponsor piece of legislation, and it still can't get a chance to get to the floor to be heard, people look at you and say, what do you mean? That, how is that possible? 290 people of 435, more than much more than 50 percent, um, and you still can't get it heard? I say, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and, and so know, it's uh, interesting you know. to me.
0: Uh, are you going to see, do you think, a change in the way lawmakers approach a bill, that they'll be seeking those 20 co-sponsors for their amendment or those 290 for their pieces of legislation. They'll see that as the avenue to getting their bill to the floor rather than convincing the chairman of a committee or convincing the speaker.
1: Well, I I think it's actually what's, you know, on the 291, it's a really good question you're asking. On the 291, the way, um, and if you look at the way uh, what we agreed to is written, it actually goes first to the committee when you get 290, and they have 25 day legislative days to consider it, So more than 25 calendar days, 25 legislative days to consider it before it goes to the floor through, the, through something, a new thing called the consensus calendar. That to me is great. Like, hopefully the committee chairs will then say, oh, wow, 290 members of Congress think this is important. I, I, we should probably consider this at the committee level. And, you know, before it goes to the floor, and of course they can amend it there and make changes. And, um, and go have it go through the regular process. and And by the way, the you know that to me is 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 just makes common sense, especially in this era divided government where you know we've got a Republican Senate and then obviously a uh, Republican White House with a Democratic Congress, it's really important that we find places where we can work together so we can actually get things done and sign into law that the the public needs, whether it's on healthcare care or infrastructure, right? These are or dealing with jobs and making sure there's job training. Um, right, things that are critically important, um, and, and, you know, for me, it's figuring out ways to cut taxes. You know, these things, we need to get them to the floor.
0: You're listening to CQ on Congress. You can subscribe to this podcast on all your favorite podcast apps. I'm back with Representative Josh Gothheimer, co-chairman of the House Problem Solvers Caucus. So it seems obvious, indeed, that a bill with 290 co-sponsors, which is two-thirds of the members of the House, would get a vote. Why aren't bills like that coming to the floor?
1: Therein lies the exact frustration of why we, why we did this, you know. Uh, I, I, I mean, you referenced the Freedom
0: Caucus, that which is a far-right caucus. So it seems like often speakers might not bring up a bill like that because they're assuaging a, a faction within the majority party.
1: Well, as you know, what the Freedom Caucus has done these last congresses has said, if you bring this to the floor, uh, a bill that's more reasonable and moderate, we're going to actually take down the rule, right? We won't. We will prevent the procedural motion from going into place. We'll block our own party's procedural motion from preventing a vote on the floor of the House of Representatives, and they threaten their leadership. And if you ask John Boehner, former Speaker Boehner, he talks about this all the time. It's one of the you know, key reasons why he, he threw up his arms and said, "I've got to get out of here. I can't take this anymore. You know, I'm trying to actually get things done, and they keep these splinter groups obstructionists keep blocking it. You know, one of the changes that you probably saw that we put forth um, says that instead of one person now, one member right now can actually call the question of the Speaker, saying, I, I, you know, raise her, his or her hand and say, you know, I think the Speaker should go. Let's take a vote on it at
0: any time. Right. right. So and the, what, that what is what going away is, uh, in the new Congress, right?
1: Right. That's called the motion of a um Right. And so in the new Congress, under these proposed rules, assuming that Congress adopts this rules package in the beginning of January, what will happen is, uh, it actually the majority of an individual caucus right it goes actually to a caucus the democratic caucus or the republican caucus and that individual caucus has to vote to approve the motion to vacate and then it's called a privilege motion then it goes to the floor of the house of representatives so it significantly raises the threshold so that a speaker is not constantly worrying that one member is going to call uh, his or her leadership the question is their leadership at any moment um, you know the, the the idea is to prevent these uh, these these extremists or uh, ideological obstructionists, from bringing, bringing down progress for our country on issues we have to get done. And so it's that's e- really what this is about.
0: The Republican speakers of recent years, John Boehner and more recently Paul Ryan, it seems they've only wanted to bring legislation to the floor that they could carry as a party, that they could find 218 Republicans, a majority like
1: the of the, the Republican side. Right.
0: And I mean, do, should we get away from that? Should we be looking at uh, more bills where it's just a bipartisan majority, where maybe it's not carried by the majority I mean, party.
1: I think the idea that we always set this threshold, and this is what the Republicans did, call, they called the Hastert rule for the last years, which was incredibly frustrating to so many of us. Right after Dennis um, Hastert, right, the, exactly. right. for exactly, the former speaker. Right after Dennis, exactly after former Speaker Hastert, which said you have to get a majority of the majority party. I mean that to me seems counter to the whole idea of the majority of the House of Representatives should be behind something, and you could have great ideas, but ideological wings of the Republican party, in this case the the freedom caucus, right? they They were able time and again to prevent getting a majority uh, of the majority party. and then even though we could on immigration reform was a great area where we could have actually given some certain much needed certainty to dreamers and you know kept our borders secure, and we had really good bipartisan legislation that had broad support from both sides. And yet, you couldn't get to the floor for just this reason, because either they couldn't get a majority majority, or because the Freedom Caucus threatened, you know, the Tea Partiers threatened to take it down, and um, uh, through procedural motions. The, these are the kind of things, you know, that that when you're not in the throes of this every day, as you know well, because you cover it, right? If you're not in the throes of this every and day, you're just sitting at home saying, "This just makes sense. Why can't they just why don't they just debate this and vote on it?" I and mean, everyone else, has, and, and you've got to say, "Well, we couldn't get it to the floor for a debate, even though we knew." It would pass. People look at you, and 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 this is we have important, you know, in this era we're living in now, we have so many things, pressing issues we have to address as a country, and the idea that we we can't do it the way we're supposed to, which is actually having proper discussions with each other about it. And so you know, and you also have to accept that you're not going to get everything you want, especially in an era of divided government, right? Because if you want to get it ultimately to the president's desk and signed and out of both houses, you're going to ha- actually have to find places where you know, you're willing to get eighty percent of what you want, but not everything. And I really believe like just like in life, that's you know, when I was in business was the same way, if you want to get things done and make progress, you have to be willing to sit down and talk to one another and find those and find those kind find the common ground. And it's doable. It's in a problem solvers caucus which I mentioned, which I co chair, we've done it on, on the toughest of issues, including school safety and gun safety and, and health care and right and, and immigration reform. On, on tough, prison reform, on tough, tough issues, we're able to find common ground. But you've got to be willing to talk to one another. Thank,
0: thank you for coming on our show, Congressman Gottheimer. It was great to be here, and I hope you have a great week. Have a good holiday. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.
0: And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. You can also follow me on Twitter at Sean Zeller.